Hello, folks, and welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. We hope that this message will bless your heart, draw you closer to Jesus Christ, and help you in your daily walk as you seek to serve our Lord. We're going to be in Romans, the 16th chapter this morning. Romans chapter title of the message this morning is a group effort. I don't like going to Walmart. <laughs> it could be because we usually go once a month and make the big purchase for the month and the buggy's always full. It could be that there's the fact that there's so many people there and they just won't get out of the way. They just hog the aisle. It could be that when we get up there to pay, it's always more than I expect. Or it could be that we're faced nowadays with two unpopular choices. Go through the self-check and try to, try to check out a buggy full of groceries on an 18-inch square of metal and figure out where to put everything. Or... The other option, stand in line with the other 25 people waiting to get through the two lines that are open and have a live cashier. But whatever the reason, I don't like going to Walmart. I'd much rather go to Tim's and Dollar General and just learn to live without some things. But unfortunately, we have to go from time to time. But as we pull in the driveway usually after we've made the purchase from that place. My girls have learned to hate these words. I, I announce as we pull in the driveway, it's going to be a group effort unloading the vehicle. For some reason over the last few years, there's been a few times where we pull in the garage and the doors fly open and people scatter like rats leaving a sinking ship. <laughs> And the adults are usually left to unload the car and put everything up. So I have to announce when we pull in the driveway, it's a group effort. Regardless of whether you can carry a little or a lot, every little bit helps. And so you have to participate. Usually a team can accomplish more together collectively than the sum of the individual unless you're Mississippi State, and then <laughs> that doesn't hold true. But when we think of the Apostle Paul, we seem to, seem to think of him as a great apostle that brought many people to Christ. And he was. We think about the, the churches that he started, the many, many churches he started on his missionary journeys. And he started very many. But I think what we forget sometimes is that he was not a one-man show. Paul had many, many helpers. And it was a group effort. It was a group effort. And so, 
We're going to read in Romans, the 16th chapter here this morning. This chapter of Romans is many times skipped over by lots of people because we've been on that mountaintop of doctrine, the whole book of Romans, 1 through 15. And we, and matter of fact, Paul has sort of a benediction there in, in uh, the 15th chapter in verse 33. He says, The God of peace be with you all. Amen. That's the end of the letter. But then God, Paul goes on to, to put a postscript at the end and put some personal comments. And so for that reason, in the list of names there, people tend to skip over that chapter. But we're going to read it there together, starting in verse 1, Romans chapter 16. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Sincrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been a great help to me, to meet to many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinatus who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives, who have been in prison with me. They're outstanding among their apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apellus, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And now skip down to verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you as do Lucius, Jason, Sosopater, my relatives. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cordus, send you their greetings. And we'll stop there. There are a list of 37 names here. 37 names. Paul lists 36 of them. And the scribe who is writing this letter, who's written this letter of Romans, he's, Paul is dictating the letter. And the scribe, Tertius, lists his name there. 37 names. These people were friends of Paul, they were acquaintances. Some he lists as relatives. 
But they're all believers in Christ who had helped him and worked alongside him in spreading the gospel. And when I read through this chapter, I was struck by how many people were helping. We always think of Paul as a one-man show, or at least I have. But he was part of a group effort. God used many people to reach many other people. And so I think as we go through this passage this morning, I want to point out a few things as we, as we look at this chapter. When we become a follower of Jesus, first of all, we're called to serve. We're called to serve. Look there at verse 1. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Sincrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and give her any help that she may need from you. She's been a great help to many people, including me. She was a servant. She was a helper. Now, Phoebe is a pagan name. As a matter of fact, there's some, the root word there of her name sort of goes along with the goddess Diana, which was the pagan god that they worshipped. And so, here's a lady named after a pagan god from a pagan city. Yet somewhere along the way in Corinth, she becomes a follower of Jesus. And Paul is entrusting her with delivery of this letter to Rome. And so I can imagine for several reasons, he gives her sort of a commendation. He commends her to the church at Rome. He says, I commend you, Phoebe. She had a lot of things going against her. She was a woman, of course. And women were not very thought very highly of in the church back then. She had a pagan name. She came from a pagan city. Yet she was a follower. She was a servant. And so Paul lets her take this letter, but he feels the need to commend her to the church so that they will receive her and give her the help that she asked for and that she needs when she gets there. She was a helper. She was a servant. That word there that says servant in the Greek can be translated deaconess or deacon. I don't know what capacity she served in that church, but she was a servant. The early church fathers wrote about the duties of what a deaconess would do. Basically teaching the children and other young women, visiting the sick, helping with the poor. That's what Phoebe did. She was a servant. And Paul says that she helped many people, including me. Here's a verse for you to jot down. Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12. Jesus said, The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Phoebe was a servant, similar to, I thought about Mother Teresa this week, and, and you kind of think about Phoebe doing those types of things. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says these, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. When we are saved, we are called to use our spiritual gifts. And they aren't all the same. Paul reminds us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 12. He says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. We're to use those spiritual gifts that we have to spread the good news and to serve. Not everybody can preach. Not everybody has the gift of hospitality. Not everybody has the gift of administration. But we all have at least one spiritual gift to use. And use that to the best of our ability to serve the Lord. Not only when we become a Christian are we called to serve, but secondly we're called to sacrifice. We're called to sacrifice. Look there with me. Starting in verse 3. It says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Priscilla and Aquila were a Jewish married couple. We're first introduced to them in Acts, the 18th chapter. And I'll turn back there. I want to read a few, few verses there. You don't have to turn if you don't want to. If you just want to look up here and listen. In the 18th chapter of Acts, we're first introduced to this dynamic duo, Priscilla and Aquila. And I'm going to start reading there in Acts 1, verse uh, 18, verse 1. It says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. And then I'll skip on down to verse 18 of that chapter. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time, then he left the brothers and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had had his hair cut off at Chincrea because of the vow he had taken. They... He and Priscilla and Aquila and everybody that was with them arrived at Ephesus where Paul left them there. And then we find out later on that they had a church in their home. This was a powerful husband and wife missionary team helping Paul. They had come from Italy. They had come from Rome. But because of the emperor, Claudius Caesar, made it illegal for the Jews to be there, they, ran, they had to run away. So they ended up in Ephesus, Corinth, and then Ephesus helping Paul out. And they hosted a group of believers in their home everywhere they went. That's the way they did church back then. They didn't have church buildings such as we have today. The church met in homes. And Priscilla and Aquila sacrificed. Can you imagine the sacrifice it would take to work all day long and to host believers in your home every day, every night. Sharing the gospel daily through their work. But then going home at night. And Priscilla was there with him working too. So I can imagine she was fretful about her house. Making sure that it was, it was in order before the, the people got there. But Paul says there in verse 4, of Romans 16, he says, they risked their own necks for my life. They stuck their necks out for him. Back in these, these days, this was uh, the, the way that they executed people was by decapitation. They would lay their head on a block, stretch their neck out, whop, it was gone. Paul says, they stuck their necks out for me. They risked their lives. 
They sacrificed much for the sake of the gospel. Being run out of Rome, hosting churches in their home, risking their lives. We're called to sacrifice, but I want us to notice something. Sacrifice always costs us something. I thought about King David when in 2 Samuel, the 24th chapter, when David decided to conduct a census of the people. An unauthorized census, you remember, and it angered God. In 2 Samuel chapter 24. And when finally the angel of the Lord who was slaying the people because of David's sin stopped at the threshing floor of Aruna. And David decided to build an altar there. So he went to go by this threshing floor. And Aruna was there and he said, My king, what can I do for you? And he said, I've come to buy your threshing floor to make an altar to sacrifice to the Lord. And, he, and Aruna said, Oh, my king, you can have it. And here's the ox to, to sacrifice. Everything you need, I'll give it to you. And David said, No. David said, No. He said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. I won't do it. I will not sacrifice something to the Lord that doesn't cost me anything. Sacrifice costs something. But also I want us to notice that sacrifice should be an everyday occurrence. An everyday occurrence. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says these words. I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's Romans 12 and verse 1. He urges us to make our bodies be a living sacrifice daily. Priscilla and Aquila sure knew how to do that. They offered themselves as living sacrifices daily. Risking their lives the third thing I want us to notice about sacrifice is sacrifice is pleasing to God. Here's another passage of Scripture. Hebrews 13, verses 15 and 16. God's Word says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that confess His name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Sacrifice is pleasing to God. In 1995, the, the nation was stunned when an 87-year-old lady from Hattiesburg, Mississippi named Osceola McCarty donated $150,000 to their scholarship fund at Southern Mississippi. Miss McCarty had grown up there in Hattiesburg and she had to quit school in the sixth grade to take care of her family. And to make a living... She did laundry for people for hire. And she lived on her meager pay and saved as much as she could all her life. For over 60 years, she saved. And when she was 87 years old, she donated that money to the university. She said she wanted people to have the opportunity to get educated that she never had. What a sacrifice. You know, our society values people on, on how much they have. But God values people on how much they give. You remember when Jesus saw the people coming to the temple and putting their alms and putting their offering in the, in the box there. 
He praised the widow who cast in those two mites because it was such a great sacrifice for her. When we're saved to become a Christian, we, we're called to serve. Secondly, we're, we're called to sacrifice. But the third thing I want us to notice this morning is we're called to share. We're called to share. When we go through this list of names here in, in Romans, the 16th chapter, we see the results of people sharing the gospel to their friends and neighbors and family members. And what started as a little spark in Jerusalem has grown into Asia Minor, into Rome, spreading out. There's some listed here who are Jews. There's some listed here who are Gentiles. There's some women, some men, some slaves, some free. But they all have come to know Christ because someone shared the gospel. One name in particular that I want to, want to highlight here, look there in the 13th verse of that chapter 16. Paul says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me. Rufus. There are some scholars that think this is the same Rufus who's the son of Simon. In Mark 15th chapter. At the crucifixion of Jesus. Starting there in verse 20, it says, They led him out to crucify him, talking of Jesus. And a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus was passing by on his way in from the country and they forced him to carry the cross. Now we don't know for sure, but most scholars think this is the same Rufus whose father carried the cross for Jesus. He was just there doing his Jewish thing, not really paying attention to what was going on, not knowing Jesus, not knowing anything about Jesus, coming to Jerusalem like he was supposed to do for the week of the Passover there. And Jesus stumbles carrying his own cross and he can't make it, so the Roman soldiers just pull an innocent bystander off the side of the road. And it happens to be Simon of Cyrene, who has a son named Rufus. Undoubtedly, if this is the same person, and at some point after carrying the cross of Christ, Simon became a believer and shared with his family in his own household. And Paul says in verse 13, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother. Rufus and Rufus's mother, Simon's wife, had helped Paul. They had obviously been witnessed to by Simon, who had become a believer after carrying cross, the cross of Christ, if this is the same Rufus. I want you to imagine for just a minute, that this church building is full of people. And I think most of us have probably been at a candlelight service before where we, we hold a little candle in our hand. We've got the little paper ring around it to keep the wax from running down on your hand. And the light is lit and it's passed from one to the other. Sharing that light to the person next to you. But if you refuse to share the light to the person next to you, but that person is searching for it. God's going to get back around to it. 
They may get it from behind them or the other side or in front of them, but eventually it's going to get to them. I thought about the Ethiopian eunuch there in Acts first, uh, chapter 10 in the chariot in the desert. And God sends Philip. The eunuch is searching and God finds a way to get it to him by sending Philip down there. And he became a believer because someone shared. We're called to share. Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus said, Go into all the world and make disciples. Now we don't all have the same spiritual gifts. We don't all have the same spiritual gifts, but we all have at least one that we can use. You don't want to think that God can't use you. Regardless of age or physical ability, God can use you. Charlotte Elliott was born in 1789. Charlotte Elliott, born in England in 1789. And she lived a wonderful early life full of great refinement. She became a, a very popular person in English social circles. She was very gifted in music and art. And she began painting portraits and writing humorous verse. At the young age of 32, she suffered an illness that basically made her an invalid for the rest of her life. She was bitter about that. She was bitter about that. She was bitter about God letting her go from such a vibrant life to, to being an invalid, basically. Not able to do a whole lot. She went through bouts of depression and feelings of uselessness. Finally, her family, being worried about her, brought in a minister from the Church of England. And after a few weeks of him witnessing to her, she became a follower of Christ. But even though she had accepted Christ, she still went through those bouts of depression and feeling useless. Finally, she decided that she would take the gift that he had given her, the gift of writing. She would put it to good use as sort of a therapy for herself, really. She began to write hymns. And so Charlotte Elliott, in the course of her life, wrote 150 hymns. She wrote her most well-known hymn in 1834, Charlotte Elliott from England. One hundred years later, in a town called Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina, a young boy at the age of 16 felt the tug of God, God on his heart. And as they played one of Charlotte Elliott's hymns, he was convicted and he walked down to the front and gave his life to Christ. That hymn was just as I am. And that boy was William Franklin Graham Jr. We know him as Billy Graham. One of the greatest evangelists of the 20th century because someone had said yes to the Lord a hundred years earlier and made a decision regardless if she was bedridden or not, she was going to use her gift that she had been given to make a difference. You see, when we come to Jesus, we're called to serve. When we come to Jesus, we're called to sacrifice. When we come to Jesus, we're called to share. But it's a group effort. 
By the power of the Holy Spirit, He makes it happen. It's not us, it's Him working through us. But we get to participate. Lives are changed. Charlotte Elliott was part of that group effort. Billy Graham was certainly part of that group effort. And you and I are part of that group effort as well. I wonder if we look back over the course of our life and, and think back and if we could trace our salvation story back like we trace our ancestry back. I wonder if any of us could trace our salvation family tree back to some of these people listed in Acts 16th chapter. Because they said yes and they shared or they sacrificed or they served and they passed it on. We might very well be a product of their saying yes to the Lord. So God's question to us this morning, what are you doing with the gifts that you've been given to further the gospel of Christ? Can someone look back, maybe a friend or family member or a co-worker, and say, because of them, I came to know the Lord? Are we using the gifts that we've been given and the abilities that we have in such a way that a hundred years from now, like Billy Graham did, is something we're doing today going to make a difference 100 years from now? Will somebody come to Jesus because of our serving or our sacrifice or our sharing? And as we prepare to sing our hymn this morning, I want us to really focus on the words of this song. Let this be your prayer this morning and your commitment to God. As the ladies come forward, we're going to be singing our invitation hymn number 668. And I want to sing all three verses, but really focus on the, the words of the song this morning. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, or mountain or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be who you want me to be.